0: Hello, welcome to a special weekend briefing.
1: Happy weekend, everybody.
0: Yeah, this will be an in-depth interview with Julie Bishop, the former foreign minister and one of Australia's most successful female politicians.
1: Yeah, so Julie Bishop, um, well, she spent 21 years in federal politics, which, you know is a long time to spend anywhere, let alone in the hallowed halls of Parliament House. And for the last five years of that time, she was the Foreign Minister um, and she was quite highly regarded for her performance in that role.
0: Yeah, so we spoke to her on the briefing earlier in the week about Waxit, which is the desire of many Western Australians to actually become their own country, to separate from the rest of Australia.
1: Yeah, so to do a Brexit of their own, if you will. Um, But then we ended up speaking to her about a whole range of other stuff. I think we spoke to her about Black Lives Matter. We talked about our at times very frosty relationship with China and what she's been up to since she left politics last year.
0: And as you're about to find out, she has been so busy. She even um, did the interview at 5am WA time in her yoga gear. Here's how the course started.
2: I'm in my yoga gear, so I look pretty horrendous.
0: Well, we should be recording that. I'm sure you don't. (laughs) So it turns out we were recording that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I'm sure she looked absolutely fine in her yoga gear at 5am. If anyone can pull off yoga gear at 5am in the morning, it's probably Julie Bishop. Um, Let's get into the bit, though, where she... Tell us a little bit about what she's been up to post-politics. Here's Julie.
2: Pre-COVID and post-politics, so the period from, you know, 2019 to recently when we all had to close down and enter Zoom land, mm-hmm. I've been uh, taking on a number of really interesting roles. I'm the Chancellor of the Australian National University and that's been fantastic to being able to uh, work with ANU and the students. And mind you, there are a lot of challenges there now with trying to get international students back on campus. I'm the chair of Telethon Kids Institute, which is a health and medical research institute, paediatric research institute here in Western Australia. And that's, that's actually been fascinating, the research that we've been doing during COVID. Uh, I'm the chair of the Prince's Trust Australia, which is uh, the Prince of Wales charitable trust in, um, in Australia. His charitable trust in the UK is probably the most significant charity in the United Kingdom and we've established a branch of it, if you like, in Australia. Uh, So I'm on a number of not-for-profit boards. I'm also back in the private sector on a number of international advisory boards in fascinating areas. So I'm very busy and I was traveling a lot. I was traveling a lot before COVID. I got back into Australia in uh, end of February, early March, right into the middle of the lockdown. And so I haven't been out of Perth since um, beginning of March. Not that you're complaining about not having to,
0: because it's such her. a great city; it's the best in the world.
2: <laughs> I'm not complaining, but it does help to have face-to-face meetings at times. So I've been doing everything over um, Skype and Teams and Zoom, and I've been surprised about how I've been able to adapt to, you know, using technology to uh, keep running a business. So it, it's been a challenging time for all of us, but mm. we're getting there. Mm.
0: Julie, just a couple of other quick issues we want to get to you on. The government's been criticised for angering China, um, which could now cost us billions of dollars in barley, beef, tourism and international student trade. Do you think we did the right thing by leading a call for an independent inquiry into the origins of the coronavirus? Would you have potentially handled it differently?
2: Well, I'm not going to be one of those former foreign ministers that uh, sets out what I would have done. I mean, there's nothing more annoying when you're in government to have ex-ministers lecturing you on what they would have done. And we won't name any names unless we
0: will. Rudd, Turnbull. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, anyway. (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, but but obviously, the relationship with China is a complex one. It does take a great deal of work to manage the relationship. I am aware of that. Uh, but we also have to maintain our values and principles. But there are ways and means of doing that uh, behind the scenes. And I think that uh, quiet, measured diplomacy is what is needed at this time.
0: So, Maurice Payne announcing that we're going after China on National television, not the right way to do it?
2: Well, I wouldn't have described it that way. I don't believe that's what she did. But I think that uh, behind the scenes diplomacy can have a significant impact.
1: Julie, to the US where we've seen Black Lives Matter protests uh, take place across the country, essentially, you've had to work with Donald Trump in your role as foreign minister. What do you make of the way that he's handled the protests in the last few weeks?
2: Look, um, again, it's very difficult to put yourself in the position of another leader. The United States is facing immense challenges at present. Uh, Their uh, response to coronavirus has been most challenging for them. And from what we can see, it's continuing. I mean, the the infection rate in the United States is still continuing to be unacceptably high. Um, On top of that, there are the uh, very deep-seated racial tensions in the United States that go back decades, generations even. So uh, I don't think any leader uh, would have um, imagined that they'd be in this position today. So different leaders are going to respond in different ways. All all I'm grateful for is that here in Australia, we seem to have um, maintained an ability to control the coronavirus to date. And secondly, on the issue of um, race relations, Successive governments have tried very hard to ensure that Australia remains one of the most um, multicultural and tolerant nations on earth, and long
1: may that be the case. I mean, we don't have a great track record when it comes to Indigenous incarceration rates, though I know WA has quite high Indigenous incarceration rates. Uh, And also the deaths in custody that, that we had a Royal Commission for in 1991 don't seem to have abated in any way. Um, how, how do we go about tackling that? And can you kind of understand the anger that's also, uh, here in Australia over those issues? Well, there are massive
2: challenges uh, for all of us and everyone has a responsibility to do more, uh, to ensure that there is, uh, uh, justice in this country. I mean, people accept a level of inequality. Not everybody's going to be a brain surgeon. Not everybody's going to be a radio announcer, but what they won't accept is injustice and uh, around the world that does uh, drive movements for change because you can change a lot of things about your life but you can't change your race and so uh, to be discriminated against on the basis of race is institutional injustice.
1: I've just got one question that I I want to sneak in here. I know that when you were um, in parliament you said you weren't a feminist. Have you changed your mind since you've left? I cannot believe
2: you are still harping on about that. I, I mean, I get asked know. that all the time and I roll my eyes and say, get over it, people, just get over it. I'll call myself <laughs> what I want to call myself and I won't be browbeaten into calling myself that
1: I don't naturally want to call myself. There okay? it is. All
0: right. I'll ch- that, Jan. I'll
1: check in with you in six months' time, Julie Bishop. And Who And another eye roll, I'd say.
0: <laughs> um, Julie Bishop, it's been great to speak to you Um if you don't mind me saying so, you sound just so much more relaxed and then to hear about the, the things that you're doing post-politics sounds so exciting and fun. You must be really enjoying getting out of that party room where there was all that infighting and, you know, sort of... You, you even sissy. called it, Yeah, you even called it sexism and li- look at you now.
2: Well, I find it very liberating to have the time to do what I want. I mean, I enjoyed my 20 years in politics, no doubt about it. I achieved um, many things. There's one of the greatest honours I can imagine was being Foreign Minister of Australia. So I've uh, loved my time in politics, but it's over. I draw the line, I move on, and now I'm loving doing what I'm doing. My third career in life, I've had law, had politics, and now the private sector.
0: Amazing. Great.
2: Well, here's to a fourth. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> There's
0: still time. Thanks so much, Julie Bishop. All the best.
2: My pleasure. Bye then.
0: That was Julie Bishop, the former foreign minister, um, big spokesperson for WA and now Loves doing it. a million other jobs.
1: Yeah.
0: And, yeah, just really interesting to hear how how different her her energy and her approach is now that she's left politics. She was a politician who stayed very strictly on message during her time in Parliament.
1: Yeah, it's like I think you called it when you said that she did sound more... Relaxed. And look, maybe that's because she spent the last three months in Perth and she loves Perth and that's why she's more relaxed. But I think coming out of politics, you've just got a little bit more room to manoeuvre and say what you want to say and have an opinion on things. All
0: the things she's doing as well, working with Prince Charles, the Prince of Wales in his trust, a Chancellor of the ANU. I think that's Australia's top ranking university. Working in the private sector, she's probably making way more money.
1: Yeah. She's still not a feminist, though. She, clearly. Didn't like that question. she did not like that question.
0: <laughs> I enjoyed it. Worth putting to
1: her. N- you know, it's never too late to change your mind, Julie. That's what I say.
0: And are you really going to bring that up again next time you interview her? Hell
1: yeah. Why? I'm going to send her some, some solid feminist literature. I'm sure she'll love it.
0: But she's already done so much for women. Why does it matter whether she takes on the label?
1: Look, I just think that there would be women out there who would feel really buoyed by somebody like Julie Bishop saying that, you know, she is a feminist and that she believes in a lot of the feminist goals.
0: It's more important what she does, though, right, compared to how she labels it.
1: Sure. Let's go with that.
0: All right. What a fascinating interview with Julie Bishop. Thank you so much for listening to this special weekend episode of The Briefing. We'll catch you Monday.
1: Bye.